Thank you for checking out Coffee Pods. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the big how, in particular, looking at how we pray for healing. So have a listen, let us know what you think, and don't forget to subscribe. Awesome. So it's good to be back with you again, Wes, for another Coffee Pod. Absolutely. Morning. Yeah. So um, another big how today. And uh, it's, it's quite, I'm looking forward to this one, <laughs> getting your thoughts. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's really, how, how do we pray with faith in a church culture that is risk averse? And I mean, risks will be different, won't they, for different churches and different cultures. But just initially, what do you think as I present that question to you? Oh, wow. I mean, I think as a culture, we're risk averse. You know, yeah. so, I mean, I, I remember as kids climbing trees and falling out of trees, you know, yeah. now we're going like, no, whoa, 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 stop. Yeah. Um, and, and I think also one of the other things that comes into that is it's the things we can't control. Yeah. So the faith thing is something that we can't control. We can't measure it. We can't put it in a box. We can't tell it. This is the only way you will ever do this. Mm. And we can't predict it. And so suddenly we're thinking, um, which is true of life anyhow, Lisa, but actually, we, it, it, particularly in, in praying for the sick and this issue of faith, we do come to the conclusion we are genuinely not in control. Mm, yeah, we do. And we hate that. Yeah. Know, we, I mean, I ask people when I talk about faith, um, how many of you are really good passengers in a car? <laughs> how many of you of us have a second steering wheel and a second brake yeah. in the steer well you know and you could actually see people putting their foot down as you're talking about <laughs> so yeah we are um, very risky it, it's to do with fear absolutely yeah. it's to do with um does this fit our traditions you know as mm. it was evermore shall be world without end we're never going to do anything we haven't done before yeah. and of course the big thing about all of this is your comfort zones you know, you just mm. think, I want Jesus to behave like I'd like him to. That's it, yeah. When suddenly, hmm, okay. So, that, yeah, that's my sort of, you know, standing argument over it, really. Yeah, because I suppose you can, not just with prayer, but as you said, in life in general, you can um, think of all the fears rather than the, the positives or the hopes that will come out of us taking some risks. Um, but I, I wonder how, so you've mentioned fear, tradition, comfort zones, which are all going to be different for different people. So when we pray, how, how does that all come together? Well, I guess the other thing that, that is um, that things that you've seen before, then you get to feel more comfortable about. So if you, if you have prayed for um, people who um, have been deaf and, and they've got their hearing back, then actually, mm. eventually you, you sort of think, yeah, well, of course that, that's definitely going to happen. You yeah. Know? But if it's your, like your first time mm. and you genuinely are, you know, stepping into the light or into the dark, depending how you look at it, then you are looking for some, some sort of support, some stabilizers, some clues to go with mm. that. And different churches have their own different things. So, for instance, um, can I do this in a liturgy? You know, are there are there words that if I say these words, this will come about? Or am I literally? Um, I, I watched a, a a video clip of a guy jumping off a mountain with one of these winged suits. Oh yeah. 
you know, and, and actually I thought that's scary. I mean, that's like, what? And, and clearly it wasn't the first time he'd ever jumped. Yeah. And actually it, he didn't jump off that mound. That, was, that wasn't his starting point. He jumped off something like 20 feet and just mm. float to the ground. So I think one of the key things for us in, in our sort of faith thing is that God is very gracious. I mean, I say to people, God is the smartest being you're ever going to meet. Yeah. And he works out how we work. So he knows that we're going to need a little bit of a, a step up. And mm. so one of the things in the healing ministry is, okay, let's just start with the start, the small stuff. Let's, mm. let's keep moving it. But, uh, and also I think then the, the, the big killer, of course, is the tradition of saying, um, you know, we don't do this in our church. Or, yeah. or, and I think, well, okay. Um, in that case, maybe, you know, Jesus has got one or two surprises for you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm just thinking um, it's like with youth work. So, uh, you, you know, the kids would go off to Soul Survivor or Spring Harvest, whatever. They'd see things happen um, that they may not have seen in their church before. Maybe it's a big worship band or it's mm -hmm. just um, the way that we pray with one another. And they automatically want to bring that back into their, their church, their home church. And I think that can scare some people because it's not the tradition. But they, like you said, they've seen it. <laughs> well, yeah, you see, and, and just take that, young people and children mm. praying, praying for the sick. Okay. Yeah. The trouble is that we look at the youth and we, we remember the time that they left their Coke cans at the back of the church and we remember the time <laughs> they did this. And we remember the time that the kids, you know, spilt paint all over the floor and, mm. and, and, and ruined the building and stuff. And we remember all of that. And then 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 the, the idea that they might, God, God might like to use them in transmitting the pure life of heaven to others, right? Yeah. It's like, it's in Congress. We can't get a, but, you know, I say to people, you know, if, you're, if your son or your daughter gets filled with the Holy Spirit at, the, at eight years old, they are still an eight-year-old. Yeah. Just an eight year old with the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and I remember the mess that I made of it when I first started out, you know, and you think, well, we need to, to I, I suppose the issue about risk averse is we want everything to be perfect. Mm. And of course, as you just read through the New Testament, Lisa, the church is not perfect. It's completely sort of like, really? You know, yeah. and most of us wouldn't ever join the church at Corinth. You're thinking you're joking. <laughs> I mean, the stuff that's going on there. Yeah. But of course. It's to them that Paul writes about the Holy Spirit and how to get it right and how to do it right. So I think one of the questions I would say to people is, particularly an area of interest that we've got at the moment, is how do we get children involved in praying in a, mm. in a way that's right and appropriate and, and everything and safe and, and all of that? How do we do that? Because it's not within our tradition or our comfort zones. Or yeah. whatever. But you go to some other places in the world and that's like, yeah, of course, absolutely. You know. Yeah, because you'd mentioned on a previous podcast about when you've got children involved in prayer for healing. Are yeah. there any other times where you would say you've been risky in the healing ministry or something someone else might consider a bit extreme, but you didn't? Or Well, yeah, and I think one of the interesting things is you – you don't consider it extreme at the moment, but you look at back, you think, really? Did I? You know. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think, yes, there are, because there are inevitably moments when you're going to take risks and, and it's going to be visible. Yes. 
you know, so you you genuinely are. And and I mean, I remember praying for, for a um, a guy um, who wasn't a Christian, and and I think God loves to to heal non Christians. I think He just really likes it because it's like, okay, you don't think I'm here? Well, here I am. <laughs> and I remember I remember this guy and had a back problem. Um, I mean, you know, to the point that, and I the thing I love about non Christians is they don't tell you Christian lies. Yeah. They don't sort of say, oh, it's a little bit better. You know, if, if you're rubbish, they say, no. <laughs> and so I, I just saw, and I remember we, praying for this guy. And I remember that the Christians standing around me thinking, oh, Wes, what are you doing? Because if this doesn't work, <laughs> this guy is going to say, see, there is no God. Yeah. You know, I, 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 do you know, it wasn't necessarily what they said. It was just their eyes that transmitted. <laughs> I, really? And I remember Jesus healing this guy to the point that he shouted out. He said, it's gone. It's gone. Look, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. And, and of course, if, if I'd been risk averse, I would have played it safe and said, well, maybe, you know, you just might like to think, you know, a nice thought and whatever. But then, you know, at times that um, you would lay hands on somebody or you'd kneel at somebody's feet and pray for their feet, the times that you would... Um, stand next to a wheelchair and pray for somebody and everybody's saying, Oh, please don't do that. Mm. But, but take Jesus. Good example. <laughs> Touching a leper. Yeah. Okay. How risk averse is that? And, and, and my question, Lisa is, would we ever do that in church? Mm. Would we ever touch somebody whose flesh was decaying and, and which was potentially contagious? And, and, and of course, I, even as I'm talking about it now, anyway, all of us are going, they were thinking, yeah, thinking ah, about it. Oh, oh, oh wow. wow. Yeah. But I have a great sympathy for the disciples watching this. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I can see myself as one of the disciples going, really? Yeah. Are you, are you going to do that now? You know, <laughs> and that's what I love so much about Jesus that he, for this man, he wasn't risk averse. And, and it gives me hope that he's not risk averse about me. Yeah. And that whatever is in need in me, that Jesus isn't going to stand back and say, Wes, mm, really don't fancy getting involved. Mm. And I think one of the things about the moments that would make us risk averse, Lisa, is that for the people who are in that situation, they, they know whether we're thinking that. Yeah. They know if you're standing there thinking, hmm, I really don't fancy. Yeah, they do. You know, a tramp comes in, a guy, you know, a street sleeper, somebody who's, who's, you know, whatever. Um, And, and they know that it's communicated. And I, that's, again, that's what I love about Jesus is that he didn't have this framework of saying, this is more risky than that is. Yeah. He said, this is about the love of God in action, on earth, whenever, wherever, for whoever. Yeah. And and uh, honestly, I mean, uh, even talk about it now, I, I just get so impressed about Jesus over <laughs> and over again. So I think, and so I think, yeah, okay, you know, yes, we do need a bit of wisdom. Mm. I, I, I'm prepared to agree, absolutely, you know. But I think the thing for me with Jesus is this, that primarily it was about what's the Father's purpose for this person? And how do we treat them with dignity? So mm-hmm. I think that's the important thing, this issue of, of dignity, not so much preserving my own dignity, mm. 
but doing what is right for the other person. And I would say to those who involved in the healing ministry, um, you know, if you preserve the dignity of the people you're praying with, the fact that you might lose yours is n- not a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also it makes me think about how sometimes I feel like we're probably trying to defend God's reputation. Mm. Like you said, if this doesn't work, he might not He'll say there's no God. Yeah. Well, that's OK. He can, you know, like God, God can deal with that. Yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things that the church has seemed to have taken on the responsibility for is to be God's PR department. Yeah. Know? And actually, I, 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 you know, I've made some mistakes and, you know, God has, has been more than able to cope with them. You know, yeah. I think yeah. as long as we deal with it, humility and, 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 and authenticity and we're genuine. Uh, I mean, I, I appreciate there are some safeguarding issues. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So for instance, you wouldn't send, you know, a child into a room of adults on their own. Yeah. You know, and I, I understand all that, you know, and, and there are safeguarding elements um, and legal elements too yeah. about things that you have to do responsibly. So I say, yes, I understand that. And ACORN works with all of that. So we work under the safeguarding protocols of the diocese that we're, we're part of. Mm. But I do, I would say that over and above that, I would then be asking, Okay, how do I get the will of God? Done? How does God get His will done here? You know? mm. and, uh, and of course, the thing about Jesus is with the Pharisees that He didn't really, um, you know, fit in with any of their <laughs> fears or traditions or comfort zones. So no. the Sabbath is one of them. You know, I mean, do, do you realise that for some of the healing, if Jesus had just waited an hour or two, it wouldn't have been the Sabbath. No, which makes you think of it. there's some intention, isn't there? Absolutely. Yeah. Which was to say God is not limited by the rules of men. He's not limited by the this Sabbath tradition. Mm. But actually, do you know what it says to me? It says God is so desperate to heal you. He, yes. can't, he can't leave it. Yeah. You know, so I'm not going to leave you here for another two hours and then come back when the sun goes down. Yeah. Right, let's do it now. Um and so, yes, I understand law. I understand safeguarding. Absolutely. And, mm. you know, I, I wouldn't want anybody to think that we didn't mm. think that's take that seriously. But also then I think, OK, what is God doing? Yeah. And I suppose there's probably also the element of you knowing your culture that you're in as well, like because the cultures will differ from person to person. Yes. I mean, I know that there are things, for instance, in the church, uh, my friend uh, leads that I could get away with mm. that in uh, an Anglican church on chipping what's it on the <laughs> stone in the world with the what's it. <laughs> I couldn't, you know. Yeah. In fact, it was in, in my men's church that I got the young people to pray for the sick. Yeah. Um, and it was absolutely wild. It was wonderful. Mm. You know, because suddenly these young people and children have been given permission to be part of the church and yeah. to be part of ministry and to be part of changing the world. If you want to keep young people from, from um, you know, having a love for the world, then let them change the world. Yes, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, otherwise we give them nothing. No, they're just spectators. And- yeah, so why why should children not be? Yes, appropriately, I understand that. But why should they not be part of the prayer team on Sunday morning? Mm. You know, why does it have to be you go to Sunday school and we'll do the serious stuff here? Mm. 
you know, and so, yes, you know, you're maybe not going to get a child to necessarily sit and have somebody pour out how their marriage is all falling apart and, and, <laughs> and, and everything else. But actually, you could say to um, you could say to them, hey, um, you know, Sarah, just come and just come and bless this person. Just pray that Jesus mm. will bless them. Yeah. And the great thing about children is they don't have any history of it not happening. Yes. Yeah. And I think also, I mean, just my experience of working with uh, kids and young people is if you were to leave the, the main meeting where you'd say the adults are and go into wherever the young people are, they're doing it in there. But the main church don't often know because the, the types of gatherings that young people and I think it will become more the normal children are having, they are seeing what Jesus did through scripture mm. and wanting to be involved in it. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, um, yeah, bringing them into the main, the main part and letting them do it is wonderful. <laughs> I mean, I, I had a I had an agreement with uh, when Mary and I were leading uh, a vineyard in Latin. I had an agreement with our kids workers and our youth workers. I said, if on Sunday revival breaks out where you are, you are to come and get me immediately. Whatever's <laughs> happening in the church, even if I'm yeah. even if I'm preaching, just say, "Where's where's you got to come now?" Yeah, I don't want to miss that. And I I don't think, you know, I don't think it's a case of saying we talked about it in a podcast before that you've got to be a certain age before you Jesus will use you to answer your prayers. Yeah. Mm. gosh this is it feels like there's lots of different things coming out isn't there um, yeah. through this which obviously it's going to be different for everybody who listens to this i think yeah. um so maybe um could you help us thinking about the way forward a bit a bit of an and now what Ooh. can we do to be yeah, faithful we're prayers we're getting a reputation for a bit of and now <laughs> i think you're right context is a significant factor so you know we work in different places and so i understand that in certain places they'll be comfortable with this they won't be comfortable with that so rather than take 10 steps in one go i might just take two so understand yeah. the context i i do ask what is jesus doing now mm you know, and irrespective of rules and regulations. And that's not so I can break rules and regulations. Mm. But I said, if Jesus was sitting in this meeting, what would he do? Mm. Because he'd do the right thing. And and it would it would be the life, the love thing. Yeah. Sort of. And I do ask for wisdom. I think we can ask for wisdom to know how to be obedient to the command of God. Yeah. So, it's, you know, the thing is, Lord, this is what you want to do. Okay, what's the best way of doing this? Do I go to somebody privately? Mm. You know, ministry doesn't have to be done from the front. Mm. It can be done over coffee at the back, yeah. silently, when nobody else is looking. If we can, it's a great business quote. It says, it's amazing what can happen in an organization when the leader doesn't care who gets the credit. Yeah. Okay. It's amazing what can happen in the church if we don't <laughs> care who gets to be known to be the person who did it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the thing that I would say is it's important to, to act out of love for the people that you're praying for. So, you know, their dignity is important. I, I think one of the interesting things, Lisa, is that power and being spectacular aren't the same thing. Okay. I think you can have a lot of discreet power going on yeah you know you don't have to light a firework and get a brass band every time you, <laughs> somebody. you know some of the acorn team it just happens really silently you think oh my mm -hmm. goodness me wow you know 
but yeah. we just want people to meet Jesus. And I would say if you're not the leader of the church, or even if you are the leader of the church, and if, but particularly if you're not the leader of the church, talk to other people about it and talk to yeah. the leaders and say, look, how do you feel about this? What, what do you think is, is okay? How can we move forward with this? Mm. So every time Acorn goes to churches to help them in, in any area of ministry, we're saying, where are these people now? Where could they be? And what steps can we take today to help them on that journey? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, definitely. And I think also we we spend a fair amount of time as a team reviewing and reflecting mm. on experiences that we've seen um, or have not seen and things like that, don't we? And I think that's a real gift that we can talk to each other about those and pray about them as well. Yeah, and, and funnily enough, I mean, most of the School of Healing is the result of that, of us yeah. all saying, what did we see? How did yeah. what, that feel? Where is that in scripture? Who's done this before? You know, um, and I think the great thing is, I mean, I just think, what would Jesus be doing right now? Yeah, something to hold on to there. Yeah. Lovely. Okay, so would you kindly pray as normal was? Let's pray. Let's do that. Lord Jesus, thank you that you can step into any culture, any time, any moment, any history, and you are the difference. Mm. And I ask that, Lord, for all of us gathered here, listening, sharing in this. Lord, we say of you, you can step in to my history, my culture, my time, my moment, and you can reach me in the way that I need. So I ask, Lord, in Jesus' name, over every physical emotional mental spiritual relational need god come and step into our moment now and i just release his grace and his healing to us just as we reach out now just say yes lord yes lord yes lord in jesus name amen amen Awesome. Thank you, Wes, for another great conversation. Thanks, Lisa. We'll see you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Coffee Pods. We hope that you have found today's episode helpful and inspiring. If you have a question of your own about Christian healing, send it to info at acornchristian.org and we'll respond. For more information about Acorn, our events, and how to support our work, check out www.acornchristian.org. See you next time.